0: Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is The Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer.
1: So our topic for today is a topic that a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about, which is fear.
2: You mean they're afraid to talk about it?
1: I was going to start that way, but then I thought I was being a little too cute, so I'm glad you did it. Thank you for that. Obviously, fear pervades our lives as human beings on so many different levels, from big to small. When's the last time you felt fear?
2: You know, I think I feel it every day. You know, I'm afraid of, you know... Uh, for example, we're reporting a podcast, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, what if that person hears that and is going to think that way about me? And, you know, I think we have shame. That's what, attached to it very often, you know. So we we don't get very comfortable with where we are. We're hiding. We're afraid to fail in a society that's all about achievements and success. We're afraid, you know, what our friends are going to think, our parents, our colleagues, our wife, our children. So it's an unlimited list, you know, of fear. You know, they don't own me always, you know. That's yeah. the thing. I think it's okay to feel some time fear. fear. Uh, some fear are healthy and some are unhealthy, and we can maybe talk more about that. But uh, if you're afraid of cancer because you're smoking, that's a pretty good fear to have. You see what I mean? Yeah. So fear is not always uh, something that's negative. It's only as if it paralyzes you and not, doesn't allow you to be a better version of yourself, then yes, it is a problem. But it can also be a very strong uh energy to move forward or out of where you are.
1: I think it's fear, obviously, the fight or flight, that's a very primal thing that's in all of our DNA for centuries, is... Important and sometimes helpful, like you said, depending on if it's the good kind of fear or the bad kind of fear. And I would like to maybe um, talk about what, what defines it. Why don't we go, as long as we're there, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What fear, beyond what the example you just gave, do you think is an example of fear that may be helpful as opposed to fear that's not helpful instead of evaluating it or gauging it as good or bad per se?
2: Yeah, I think if you're... um not really on your life purpose and you're, you know, in a job or you're doing something that's really far away from what you stand for. And you're afraid of falling at some point. You're afraid that's going to collapse. I think it's healthy because it's a universe pushing you to maybe realign yourself with what you believe for. You know, if you're stealing money, <laughs> doing anything wrong, uh, Fear of the cops and the laws is <laughs> pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know
1: that's a good that's a good one to carry along with yeah, you. Yeah, if
2: you're you know afraid of you driving too fast and you're afraid that the cops are going to find out, it's pretty healthy. You know you should be afraid of it and you should drive slower to start with. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's many way fears you know yes. can be a, a good a good driver yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: and it is an opportunity. I think fear um, if we get up the ones that are you know this, the examples that you gave that feel you know when you're. When you're afraid of the the law or afraid of an illness or something like that in our everyday lives when it comes to our own success or evolution or the way we're raising our families or the way we're um, approaching our jobs or our friendships, fear feels like it can be a great opportunity when you feel it to figure out what to do to lessen it right it's yes. kind of a
2: motivator yeah it can get you out of bed in the morning yeah. you know to go and find a job or do something about your life it can uh, if you're an entrepreneur you know push you you know to be afraid you're going to lose your business and so search for you know more investors or more clients if you're a boss in a very big business uh, in a company you know it's might be pushing you say oh my god you know it's not going well here i need to do something about it so it is a driver the problem is that when it goes over a threshold you know we have a system which is almost like you know when you're in a corner and you can't do anything then you're paralyzed yes then you don't do anything you know and then that's where i think fear becomes a problem and it's also sometimes when it becomes personal about what we believe in ourselves what we think we can do can do or you know when it comes to others it can be extremely paralyzing in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And we get into that place where we're really shutting down. And I think if you turn on TV, you know, you see that all the time from people, are, you know, run our governments very often or big organizations or a lot of decisions are taken out of that place, uh, which is not a healthy place, obviously, you know, because it's going to create more problems on this planet than we, than we need than we already have.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: so I think it's it's looking at that. And and I like the analogy. Uh, John Traficante is a, a writer I like. And in one of his books, he says, fear is love upside down. So I like to say it as a reverse way of seeing love. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are in a relationship, for example, or something's going on, and we have two ways, two paths, two roads to take. We can take the one that's difficult sometimes, which is to open our arms and, and take a deep breath and be more compassionate and see that this person, you know, is not acting, you know, just from the right place and, and, and basically see that, or we can act out of fear and push it away. So we always have that choice, but it's not, it's not easy.
1: I think when you're talking about fear as a motivator in those ways, in ways that it does often lead um, or govern the way um, leaders, whether it's in business or the government or news organizations or a plethora of different examples we could come up with, it really seems to be coming from a place of what not to do, whereas love is coming from a place of what to do, Mm -hmm. right? One is a reaction and one is proactive,
2: Yes. And one is a reaction based on things of the past, not of that present situation. So let's say, you know, you, you built a business and you failed, you know, it collapsed and your company was sold and, you know, you can have fear then of starting a new business because it's going to collapse again and not starting ever something. Or maybe something happened, you know, in your personal life and, terrible with your partner did something to you. And then you're going into any relationship with that fear. So that's unhealthy. That's when fear is wrong. Yes. But what we have to understand is our brain is wired for that. You know, we were wired that if we see an animal we've never seen before and is running after us, trying to eat us, we need to remember it. So next time we see something that look alike, maybe not the exact same one, we're going to be more careful. And, you know, we have evolved since cave time in some ways.
1: And in many ways, we <laughs> have like not. like to think we have. Yeah,
2: in many <laughs> ways, you know, we carry ourselves like a little bit better. Yeah. And, you know, but uh, in many ways, we have not. Our brain has not, you know, evolved that much. At least the primary wiring around fear in our brain is still the same. Mm-hmm. So it's the ultimate wiring. You know, it's like the one that survived when everything doesn't work anymore because it's going to get us out of trouble, usually. It's going to get us to run if a lion runs at us. So we have to understand how this works, how this mechanism works, and also learn how we can go around them, Mm. how we can retrain them, how we can develop another part of our brain that's going to allow us to maybe have a discussion about what's going on, challenge what our minds believe to be true. That might not be true, you know. And fear is very linked to limi- li- our limited belief system, Think mm-hmm. that, you know, we've learned and became our belief and, and then we stay in that frame and we paralyze in life. You know, we don't do anything because right. of that anymore.
1: If anything deviates from it, if anything is different from us, if a per- person is different from us, if a belief system or circumstance is different from what we're familiar with, somehow a lot of people deem that wrong Yes, they don't just look at it as uncomfortable or as an opportunity to maybe go toward it, but they repel away from it and consider it to be something that's just not right. Yeah, and sometimes we
2: don't, you know, we don't even know that what we're doing is based on fear. I mean, I'm going to take an example that's right. coming to mind to me is like fashion. You know, we we buying the same brand as everybody else because. We think it's a cool brand and, you know, everybody's talking about it, whatever it is, a pen or an accessories or a piece of clothes, where it's coming from, it's coming from our cave time, where we had to stay with our tribe to survive. Everybody has to stay together. If you get out of your tribe on your own, that would mean death, you know, because you need others to protect you, to feed yourself. And so if we are different, we're getting out of the tribe it triggers in us that fear of dying, that we are in danger. So we all behave the same way. We go to the same restaurants, we buy the same clothes, we travel to the same destination, we read the same books, we watch the same TV, we lose the same newspaper, we find the same cool people out there, celebrities and all that. You know, it's very interesting when we start looking at it that way.
0: You're listening to The Sanctuary Podcast with Angel Deer. While you're listening, browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com.
1: And that's even um, going back to something that you said earlier, well, because, you know, the the opposite of this would be um, courage, right? And isn't the definition of courage, the definition of courage is not a situation that's absent of fear, it's when you walk through the fear or toward the fear to conquer it, right? Yes. So how do we break away from these mechanisms to expand our horizons, whether it's personal or professional?
2: Yeah, I like to say, you know, uh, very often I had entrepreneurs or people that comes and say, hey, I, I, are you afraid, you know, uh, to start a new business or to lose your business or anything? They think that basically once you had success in your life and a career or whatever, y- you lose that fear that somehow you're not afraid anymore. Well, in fact, you talk to the big leaders and the big CEOs yes. they all have still fears. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, uh, presidents of countries have those fears, et cetera. The difference is that you've tamed that fear. So I always take that analogy, you know, when you're little and you think there is a monster under your bed. Well, when you're little, what do you do? You you look you're, under the bed. You either look under <laughs> the bed or if you're too afraid, basically you, you cover your head with something or you turn the light on. What we do as an adult is that we're going to go sit under the bed with a monster. We're going to sit with him and look at him in the eyes. It doesn't mean that he's going to be less scary, but we're not going to imagine stories around him. And he might be still a scary friend we have, but we're able to sit with him, and we can learn to understand him. So when fear showed up to put go back on your question, we face it, we turn around, and we say, okay, what's going on there? Why am I afraid of that? Why is this showing up in my life?
1: What's it triggering? That's what old? trigger.
2: Where is it coming from? Okay, let's see the root of it. Okay, is it really about that person, or is it something I learned from before? Very often, is it society, or is it something that's real in that situation? And then we can assess, and we can take a decision. Obviously, if it's a lion running at you, you just should run and not really assess if it's dangerous or not. But <laughs>
1: and it, and, uh, and black bears.
2: And right. black bears. Oh, no, I'm sorry, grizzlies, no, there's one that the
1: grizzlies, the black ones you stand and face, and then the grizzlies you, you cower run. and play but dead. But if you do
2: on the wrong you one, you're yeah. dead both <laughs> ways, no?
1: <laughs> but I digress.
2: <laughs> so, yes, I think looking at fear in the eyes, uh, it's going to be scary, but there is a tool for that. You know, there is a way to approach fears and to look at them. And in fact, if you look at your life, you're going to realize that a lot of things you're doing are based on fear and not on love. And once you start shifting the way you behaved, you can really transform profoundly how you relate to everyone, you know, at work, at home, your children, your wife, your partner, everyone.
1: So in a simple, in a, in a daily way, in terms of people and their daily habits, again, whether it's at work or at home... How do you start to become in touch, even just to become mindful of what, when you're acting from a place of fear, because we're all so conditioned to just be who we are and act reflexively. What's that first moment that enables you to even be aware that you're living your life in this kind of a space?
2: Yeah, I guess it's if you don't do any kind of practices to be in touch with your sensation in your body and how you're feeling in it. That may be difficult, but usually fear comes with a very specific sensation inside our body, in our chest, in our belly, you know, in our solar plexus. Uh, because it's linked to very old mechanism, there is also protection that's going on. We close down our chest a little bit, our breath accelerates, you know, heartbeat accelerates. We're getting ready to run away. So that's always happening, even if we are afraid of something that is, doesn't need require for us to run away. Mm-hmm. But that triggers those physiological reaction. So if you are atten- if you're attentive to that, we can basically tune into that and see it coming from there and analyze it from there.
1: Body monitoring, some people call it, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. It's listening, which you should always know if your heart is beating fast or slower, if your breath is accelerating
1: right if you yeah. feel your cheeks getting red or if you feel a knot in your yes. belly or your back starts tightening those are amazing ways to just start noticing how what what you're feeling in any moment throughout your day if yeah. you're not conscious of yes. it your body always speaks right mm. and then after that when you start to notice that is there a next step
2: well step 1 so is you know recognizing it's there and step 2 is looking at it as an opportunity of growth you say, okay, I have something to learn here. And I'm going to give you an example. So I I gave a talk last week uh, in front of 100 people. Uh, they were all executives and CEOs. And, uh, you know, I got great comments. I got, you know, people emailing me and saying, it's beautiful and it was nice. I learned something. I got 30 or 40 emails, comments. And I got one email that was very negative. That was already bad. And instinctively... Inside me, it's triggering fear. Okay, I'm not good enough. Maybe what I talk was not relevant. Despite it was one out of thirty. But we get very attached to that because it's powerful once again.
1: Yeah, that's the only one you remember sometimes, right?
2: Yes. So that person was very aggressive, but with the tone of voice, not only the, the content but the way it was sent, it was a very, you know, uh it was not a nice email. So I had to which to react. I can, you know, push back and say, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Look at what other people are saying, which is reacting from a place of ego. Or I'm reacting from a place, okay, what triggers that person? Why is this person so triggered by what I said? What is she afraid of? What is she pushing against? And then, you know, it allows, okay, what are the fears on her side? What are the fears on my side? The fear on my side are coming maybe from past things that happened where I was not good enough or I felt I was not. So it's triggering memories to me, probably in her too. And we are
1: both in our drama. That has nothing to do with the other person.
2: Nothing to do, in fact, with the content per se. You know, in many ways, we're just pushing buttons. She's a mirror. But we're loving it. We're in our drama. We're creating that someone is persecuting someone else as a victim. And there's a savior that's coming in. It's called a uh, drama triangle. It's very well-known psychology. You know, we can decide at that moment to not get into it. I'm not becoming a victim of you, but I'm not going to persecute you. And I'm not going to save you. I'm not going to tell you what you should have saw or anything. I'm not getting in this. But realize that this is very difficult because all the movies we're watching – and any yeah. stories we're reading fight. are based on the drama triangle.
1: Stick up for yourself, fight back,
2: take Yes, them down. and we love that. We love the hero, and he needs a victim. But to play those roles, we need to be two. So once we realize that if we take just one person alone, if there is no victim, we cannot be a savior. If nobody's persecuting us, we cannot be a victim. So we always have a choice in the fear moments to step above slightly And to do some self-analysis. It doesn't mean I won't have the fear another time. You know, I think it's very important to see that and to talk about it. It doesn't mean it goes away completely. But it doesn't own me for a week or a month or a year or my whole life. It might own me for an hour. It might own me for half my day if I'm really not good that day. You know, but that's it. I can stop it there. I don't make a story out of it. I look at facts. You know, and fears very often, when they look at, when you look at facts, dissolve very quickly. You know, the Dalai Lama used to say, you know, if you're, you know, something, something you're afraid of, can you do something about it? If you can't, well, there's no, no, no point worrying why bother, about it. Yeah, it's just Don't all... worry. But if you can why worry? And there's something about, to say about that, you know, at the end of the day, if you have less of fears, usually you can take a decision from a better place.
0: You've been listening to The Sanctuary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism, and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter again visit the sanctuaryheal.com till next time this is the sanctuary podcast and angel deer signing off